the children's Sunday school class with us. Isn't that great? We have an exciting discussion this morning about Elijah. Who knows who Elijah is? Yes. A prophet. A prophet. Yes, he was. And uh, God used him um, in a mighty way. So let me give you a little background and we'll get into the story. Uh, Probably the most popular story. You may have heard of it before, but we're going to do it a little differently this time. And um, so Elijah was to provide a light to the darkness that was in the Israelites. And um, God... God provided the promised land for them. And what were they supposed to do when they got to the promised land? Anybody remember? Who was in the promised land? A bunch of people who didn't believe in God. Our God. They had their own gods. Lots of gods. And so, um, so the 12 tribes of Israel were given a portion of the land. And so when they left Egypt... They were given a portion of the land to, to clear, clear and cleanse. Um, and so he didn't want them to worship idols because, okay, that's where, I'm going to show you where Israel is. Israel's right here. It's this whole section, actually all the way down here. And this is Judah. And, um, and so this is the promised land. All this land here is the promised land. And uh, so that's the one I was looking for. What did, what did God say in the first and second commandment of the Ten Commandments? He said, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. And what did they, they end up getting into the promised land? And the land was full of people that were worshiping all different kinds of gods. You shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven or on earth or beneath the earth or that is uh, in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands to those who love me and keep my commandments. So, um, back up a little bit. So that's the location. And these are the prophets that God sent. The, the kings were Saul, King David, and Solomon, and the kingdom was divided, the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. And the northern kingdom was the kings of Israel. And guess what? The kings were all bad. And um, this is the, the kings of Judah. And mostly they were all good. So, so Israel... Had a, had a problem, and so God sent Elijah to help him out and get rid of the idols. And, and who's this king? Ahab. Anybody know his wife's name? Jezebel. That's right. Very wicked people. 
And over here is Jehoshaphat. It was at the same time that Elijah was, was there. And um, so he wanted people to turn their, their, their faces toward the creator God. And um, so let's see. So this was Elijah. We'll get into the story. So King Ahab and the majority of the people that believed a false god called Baal. And they also, now Baal controlled, they thought Baal controlled the weather. So God sent Elijah to King, to King Ahab and said, no rain for three years. Well, Baal is the god of the weather, so they could worship that God, but that God didn't provide any rain for them. So everybody, they became, they became a famine. And nobody had anything to eat, and their, car, their cattle were all starving. And um, for three years, there had been no rain or dew throughout the land. And then God told Elijah, go and present yourself to Ahab and tell him, I'm going to send rain. So... In the meantime, King, let's go to the next slide. In the meantime, King Ahab had been searching for Elijah. The drought and famine in Samaria was so severe that cattle were dying. The king summoned his palace administrator, Obadiah. Not, there's an Obadiah the prophet. This is not him. This is Obadiah. He was the palace administrator for King Ahab. And um, he says, let's go search through the springs and valleys, maybe we can find some grass to keep our horses and mules alive. And so King Ahab went one direction and Obadiah went the other direction. And Obadiah believed in the Lord. And when his wife, Queen Jezebel, had ordered God's prophets to be killed, he had secretly hidden a hundred of them in two caves and supplied them with food and water. Can you imagine trying to supply food and water for a for hundred people? <laughs> So, so as Obadiah was walking along, suddenly Elijah appears and he fell to the ground before the prophet God asking, is it really you, Elijah? Yes, he replied, go and tell Ahab that I am here. Obadiah was afraid. The king had been searching for, for you for everywhere. And if I tell him that I found you and you disappear on me, he'll kill me. Elijah promised as surely as the Lord lives, I will present myself to Ahab today. And so Obadiah went to fetch King Ahab. Is that you, Elijah, the troublemaker of Israel? Ahab asked. It is you. It is you who have been causing trouble by worshiping the false gods, Elijah replied. Now summon all the people of Israel to Mount Carmel. Oops. Wrong button. Okay. There's Mount Carmel. Israel's down here. Or, or This is all Israel, but um, Jerusalem and stuff's down here, and that's Mount Carmel. And he said, summon everybody up there. And, um, and there were 450 prophets of Baal. He said, make sure you bring them. And the 400 prophets of Asheroth 
bring them too. And we'll get everybody up there and we'll have um, a We're going to have a contest. So King Ahab sent word throughout Israel that all people were to assemble at Mount Carmel. And the king also told the prophets of the false gods, Baal and Asherah, to be with them. And everyone came to Mount Carmel. That's a false, false prophet. Okay. So he addressed the large crowd that gathered, and he says, how long will you uh, waver between the two opinions? Make up your minds. If the Lord is God, follow him. If Baal is God, follow him. There are 850 prophets of Baal and Asherah, and just one prophet of God, Elijah pointed out. Two bowls, get two bowls, one for each of them, and, and let them prepare an altar, put wood on it, and their bull, but they must not set fire to their sacrifice. I will prepare my sacrifice in the same way. <clears throat> Let the prophets call on their gods, and I will call in the name of the Lord. And the God who answers with fire, he is God. Elijah instructed the prophets of Baal and Astra to go first, as there were more of them. And so they prepared the sacrifice and started calling on their gods to set it on fire. They kept pleading and dancing around the altar morning until noon, but there was no sign of fire. At noon, Elijah began to taunt them. He said, perhaps Baal is in a deep thought or busy or away. Maybe he's traveling. So the crowd watched Elijah as they mocked him. Maybe Baal is sleeping and must be woken up. Elijah yelled, call louder. So the false prophets started shouting louder and dancing more frantically to their gods. But there was no response. No one answered. No one paid attention. There was no fire. As they became more desperate, they started slashing themselves with swords and spears, trying to please their gods. So midday passed, and they continued their frantic shouting all afternoon until it was evening, and they were exhausted. Elijah then gathered the people and repaired the altar that God had, that had been torn down, and the altar was made up of 12 stones, one for each tribe of Israel. Elijah dug a deep trench around the altar, and then he ordered, fill four large jars with water and pour them on, over the offering and on the wood. And they did so. Do it again, he said. And, and, and they did so. And he said, do it the third time. And Elijah ordered, and they did it. The water soaked the altar and filled the trench. At the time of the evening sacrifice, Elijah stepped forward and prayed, Lord God of Israel, 
Let it be known today that you are the God and I am your servant. Answer me, Lord, so these people know that you are God and are turning their hearts back to you again. Suddenly, the fire fell and burned up the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, and the soil, and the water in the trench. And the large crowd appeared and gasped in fear and amazement. Immediately they fell on their faces and cried, The Lord, he is Lord, he is our God. Elijah commanded them to seize seize the false prophets and take them down to the Kishon Valley where they were put to death. And then Elijah prayed for rain. So he bent down to the ground with his face between his knees and asked God to send rain. Then he told his servants to go look toward the sea for signs of rain clouds. clouds. Elijah's servant, he went and searched the sky for clouds, but there was none. He returned to Elijah, and the sky was still clear. Elijah prayed, um, persisted, and prayed six times. He's out there looking for rain. And then, to his amazement, he saw a cloud, the size of a man's fist, rising from the sea. He, pushed, he rushed back to tell Elijah. Elijah said, go and tell Ahab to get his horses hitched and his chariot and go to Mount Sinai before the rain stops him. Meanwhile, the sky grew black with clouds. The wind rose. A heavy rain started falling. King Ahab rode off toward Jezreel. The power of the Lord fell on Elijah, and tucking his cloak into his belt, his cloak into his belt, he ran ahead of Elijah. This is a miracle. This is not a really young man. And he outran the chariots behind him. See the chariots that King Ahab had? He, he, he was able to run all the way from Mount Carmel all the way down to Jezreel. And he, he beat, he beat uh, Ahab with his chariots. And so it was about a marathon run. But Elijah ran the whole way ahead of Elijah's chariot. So he's going, isn't he? <laughs> so do you feel the world has rejected God nowadays? Elijah's story is an amazing one, but it offers hope. And God raised us as the lone voice of truth. That's us, as the lone voice of truth amidst the culture that has turned away from God. Remember that even, even if we are alone with God, we reside in the majority. So Elijah's confidence in us, um, in God, amazes us. His courage and confrontation of the prophets of Baal reveals an almost unbelievable faith and boldness. The bottom line is that God uses ordinary people in extraordinary ways 
However, the spiritual success is not measured by external fireworks, but by steady heart obedience and faithfulness. What's that song? What's that? There's a song that it reminds me of. It's called Trust and Obey. So God wants to use you in ways for which he has uniquely suited and positioned you. Follow God wholeheartedly and trust him with the results that are uniquely remarkable in your life and circumstances. How many people have uh, read that, um, have seen the, 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 the DVD um, from about Otto Koenig and how, how he um, worked with the, the people in New Guinea? Remind me of a situation I had one time. I was a project manager on a, a project at work, and we were building something that we normally have a sister division build. It's called Ben Stiffner Connector. Anyway, we went to build that thing, and we, the client that we had wanted it in like six weeks. And we tried to get them to build it. They wouldn't build it. They didn't have time. So we said, well, let's try to build it. And so we did. And so they said, Dick, you're the project manager. Oh, okay. What's a project manager do? Make sure it's on time, within the budget, all that. So that was my job. Well, that was great. We were going to try something new. And we couldn't find the steel that we needed to make the thing go, to, to build up. So instead of a type one steel, we only found a type two steel was available. So we, we bought it. The problem with a type two steel is every time you weld on it, you have to take it through heat cycles to relieve the stresses because there's a lot of stress when you weld. So our, our, the guy who was building it for us he didn't have any priority in the heat treat part of it because he never used heat treat very often. So the, prog the program started going and all of a sudden I started worrying. Are we supposed to worry? Why not? Philippians 4, 6. Be anxious for nothing, but by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. So go to God. Well, that's what Otto Koning did. When he was faced with a problem, he took and gave all of the problems, all of the pineapples in his case, to God. And so I said, I can do that. So I said, Lord, <laughs> I feel like I'm getting an ulcer. I'm going to quit worrying. So I'm giving the project to you. And then I don't have to worry about it anymore. And so the pastor, Pastor Hovey, had a sermon that same week about trusting God. And I said, I'm going to trust God no matter what happens. Throughout this whole project, I'm going to trust God. I'm not going to worry. I'm going to give it all to Him, and I'm not going to worry. I made a rule myself. I said, no worrying. Okay, we'll let God do it. Does God worry? <laughs> God doesn't have to worry, does He? He can do everything. So, Time, time went on, and we started getting behind in the project. And I said, okay, Lord, it's yours. I'm not going to worry about it. And I didn't. I, just, I, had, was, I had a piece about it, so I didn't worry about it. So as we got closer and closer to the time it was due, I kept thinking, okay, Lord, 
how are you going to do this? So, and I really wondered how he was going to do this because I didn't see where he could get it done. But I wasn't going to worry about it. Let him do it. So I trusted him. And uh, finally it comes, we, we were within two weeks of the project being done. And we weren't, we weren't anywhere near done. So my, my client started calling me every day. Dick, how's it going? I said, well, we're in heat treat. <laughs> and then he said, he called me the next day. How are we doing? I said, we're still in heat treat, but we'll be out tomorrow. So he called me the next day. Yeah, we're just getting out of heat treat. We're getting ready for the next weld. And then the next day I said, we're, we're welding again. We're, you know, we got that done. So project went on like that. And finally it was due and we weren't done. Did God mess up? We'll see. So, I, um, the client quit calling me every day. I said, well, I'm, I'm behind. I'm not calling him if he's not calling me. So I waited a week. And I couldn't stand it anymore. So I called him. <laughs> I said, my job is to, to, to communicate with the client. And if, and if I'm not communicating with him, I'm not doing my job. So I called him up and I said, we're still working on it, but we're getting close, you know. And he said, um, well, we didn't want to tell you this, but the project that they had with, the, with their client had slipped three months. He said, don't worry about it. Even though we signed an agreement that you would pay us if you were late, they're not going to force us to do that, so we're not going to force you to do it. So just get the project done. So let's give God a hand. So you can be the same way. You can trust God and not worry about it. So next time you have a, something you're worried about, do like Otto Koning did and pray and ask God to take care of it. I happen to have the pineapple story with me. And so if you haven't heard of it or, and want to see it, I have a few of these left. So if anybody wanted to come, wants to come and get them at the, in, a, in a moment, uh, we can do it. So God wants to use you in ways that he uniquely suited you and positioned you for. So follow God wholeheartedly and trust in him. And um, in your particular circumstance, God can use you in a mighty way. And I always the the thing the song that hit me hit me with this program with this um, presentation is trust and obey, and so that was the song that started singing in my head as I was working on this. Okay, we're early. You get out early. So praise the Lord, and uh, if you need, if you would like a pineapple story, I've got a few of them here. I'm just going to set them over on the side here and just come and grab one if, if you, you know, if you want one. I think there's uh, about five of them there. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for men like Elijah, prophets that have come to show us the truth. And we just thank you, Father, for um, that you provided a way for the Israelites to come back to you and
not be worshiping a false god. They can't do anything. But with you, Lord, we can do everything. And so, Lord, we just need you so much. We just continue to pray, Father, that you would guide us and help us, Father, as we uh, go forward and then we share the truth with other people that uh, don't know you. And we just ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You are dismissed.